Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 is where we're gonna start. And let me just help you, okay? Lamentations chapter three, verse 22. How many of you have ever been in the shower and you've had an argument with someone else in your own mind in the shower? Is there anybody here who's ever completely destroyed somebody else in your own mind in the shower? And then you, you forget you're in the shower and you're naked shadow boxing and you're like, I didn't even scrub my own armpits yet because I destroyed my boss or my spouse in my own mind. Am I the only one? Okay, is there anybody else who they, they've, uh, then you've confronted, maybe you work up the courage to confront that person and they don't even respond the way you thought they were gonna respond and they take all your momentum. You tell them what you need to tell them and they're like, I am just so sorry. I'm like, sorry, we fought in the shower. And they're like, what did you just say? Do you know what I'm talking about? How powerful is your mind? Your mind is so powerful. I had a dream the other night I was flying. I woke up and I was like, I want to go back to sleep. That's amazing. Did you know that your brain is so powerful that scientists have discovered if you think about the place where you're feeling pain, your brain sends an electrical impulse, a current through your body and actually continues the pain? Did you know that? Your mind is a very powerful thing. Let me give you some, another one. When you have repetitive thoughts, it is physically represented in your brain as this ironclad bridge between synapses, and you can see the structures in the brain of, of addiction. Addiction is not a feeling or a thought. It's a condition of the brain. Did you know that? Just like you can work your muscles and see biceps, you can work an addiction and see the bridge that's built between synapses that say drive down that street to buy your drugs, then come over here to use again, and it sets up in your mind. Let me give you another one. Lifelong repetitive negative thoughts are significant contributors to stress and disease, dis-ease, that's how you say disease, dis-ease. So thoughts that you have. Have you ever been stuck in fight or flight where you're just jumpy, you're edgy, right? You just kind of, you're irritable, you're agitated. Sometimes you just need a snack. You don't need a deliverance prayer, amen. I just, my, my wife's like, Mike, it's not that spiritual. I need tacos right now. I'm like, okay, Julie, I'll, you know, for years and years I said Jezebel and she was like, it's not Jezebel, it's Taco Bell. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Praise God. I felt the power of God. She said, you heard wrong in this spirit. It's Taco Bell, not Jezebel. Praise God. <laughs> your mind is a powerful thing. You'll start to feel that hunger and your mind says, you're dying. And then you eat Taco Bell and you said, I felt good, but now I feel like I'm dying. The mind is a powerful thing. The Lord told me, he said, Mike, in one season, they got free from demons, and now the strongholds need to come down. It's not about the absence of demons. It's about the presence of the Holy Spirit in what should be a fortress, not a prison. Your mind is not supposed to be a prison. It's supposed to be a fortress. But see, what happens is we have these strongholds where the enemy is living inside of that fortress, and it feels like a prison for you. Let's talk about your drive. Have you ever been stuck in traffic? It's the most agonizing experience of your life, but you look next to you, and somebody's blasting that song, life is a highway, and they're like, what's up, man? Cuckoo could you, dude? And you're like, get me out of here. I knew I should have moved to Florida during the pandemic when everybody else did. 
It's the same geography, but it's a different brain in that geography. It's a different experience. People get remarried, and the spouse you hate is somebody else's princess. You see them making out in the park. You're like, that's disgusting. I know she doesn't brush her teeth. One person's prison is another person's palace. (laughs) Y'all are like, man, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Am I right? When I first moved to New York City, I walked around floating on clouds. I love this place. It never goes to sleep. It moves at my neurotic pace. They say a New York minute. I'm like, yes, everyone back home talk too slow. Sorry, Indiana. You're like, don't worry about it. I'm just playing. I'm playing. It's funny because I've been messing with Indiana and my DMs fill up with people who are just like, I can't believe you said that. I still love you. I'm not going to another church, but I don't like you. I'm like, I did it so you would DM me. I got you. When I first moved to New York, I remember, um, you know, I was Jocelyn. I met this woman named Jocelyn. I don't know if you know her. She's Pastor Jocelyn now. And uh, she was like, well, what neighborhood do you live in? I was like, I love it. I I live in Ridgewood. I love it. She was like, oh, I hate Ridgewood. I I was raised. I couldn't wait to get out. Isn't it funny how it's the same place, but it's a different brain in the same place. You go to V1 Church. I love this church. So other people are like, I don't know. Who's right? (laughs) Come on, I'm setting you guys up. Don't be taking all the bait. Come on, think for yourself a little bit. I'm working on your mind. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Somebody say never. The steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. When are they new, though? Every morning, great is your faithfulness. Let me just tell you, according to modern science, when you go to sleep, something happens when you're sleeping. Now, before you fall asleep, you may have fallen asleep full of depression, doubt, anxiety, fear, apprehension, worry. You may have repeated the patterns of thought that you've done your whole life. I'm going to get walked out on. I'm going to get abandoned. I'm going to get backstabbed. Do you know that sometimes repetitive thoughts become self-fulfilling prophecies? Do you know if you treat everyone like an enemy, they'll eventually mirror your behavior and treat you like an enemy? Do you know that if you look for everyone else's faults, they might start looking for yours too? So what happens is we go to bed thinking the way we've always thought. Do you know that there are people who were born in a worse condition than you that are your age that are multimillionaires because it wasn't the status of their bank account, it was the status of their brain. It's the mind that's different. I will give you the ability to generate wealth. That means I'm going to give you a way to think in your mind. There's just, it's, a, it's the same, it'll be the same country with the same current currency with a different mind will produce a different outcome. You know how I know? Because where I come from, I come from fear, depression, anxiety, worry, apprehension, sickness, premature death. I come from that. And so I spent years and years on this today. What I'm going to give you, it says he makes his mercies new every morning. On average, scientists say that your brain actually produces 1,400 new neurons while you're sleeping. 
and you wake up every morning with on average 1,400 soldiers that don't belong to an army yet. 1,400 possibilities of the beginning of a new season. A beginning, 1,400 neurons that say, tell me how to think. Tell me what's normal in this brain. And listen, you've got an opportunity when you wake up. You can say, yeah, you know what's normal here? Depression, anxiety, fear. Or you can say, I am actually a believer. Welcome to my brain. Matter of fact, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we accept faith over fear in this mind. 1,400 neurons, you better line up because I'm the general over my own soul and I'm gonna condition you into the full force of what God has for my mind. It says we have the mind of Christ, but some of you guys are acting like it's a brain transplant. It's the renewal of the mind, not the exchange of the mind. He didn't say, come on, somebody. He didn't say he'll exchange your brain. He said, you will renew it. Come on, somebody say, that's me. Come on, somebody say, that's on me. People think God's going to come down and give you a brain transplant. No, you're going to renew your mind. That's on you. Come on. And so this is the thing. 1,400 new neurons every day, and you have a choice in the morning what to do in them. Now does it make sense that Jesus would wake up early? Withdraw himself. Because he'd say, I'm 100% God, but I'm 100% man. So I've got to take the human side of me and I'm going to wake up early and before I minister, before I hustle and grind, before I do my business, before I go to the office, before I make my kids breakfast, do you see this pattern? I'm going to withdraw to a private place, not a podcast, a private place. See, some of you got more podcasts than you do are intimate times with God. Come on, I'm, with God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say podcasts are great, but it's not a replacement for your prayer life. Why don't you ditch the podcast and start to pray? You'll get better results. It's not, the, it's not a lack of knowledge. It's the lack of renewing your mind. It's actually unlearning, making some room. I will make room for you because my mind is filled with what? the repetitious thoughts of this world, but renew your mind. Look what it says. Let's go deeper. Can we keep going deeper? I'm almost done. It says, make your mercies new every day. How many of you are gonna make a commitment in the morning to wake up and take those 1,400 new neurons and say, today, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice has nothing to do with sickness or health because Job said, you, you might see boils on my body, but the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Worship is because he's worthy, not because we feel like it. Write these three things down. This is what we're gonna learn. Number one, renew. Number two, replace. And number three, reframe. Renew, replace, reframe. Renew, replace, reframe. Say it with me. Renew, replace, reframe. Let's say it one more time. Renew, replace, reframe. Okay, well, even bolder, one last time. Renew, so good. Let's start with renew. I'm gonna give you three distinctly different scriptures from three different epistles, meaning that they were written to three different bodies of believers in three different geographies. Now, if they say the same thing, would you agree that all of us should understand how important it is? Okay, watch this. Colossians chapter three, verse one through two. If then you have been raised with Christ, how many of you have been raised with Christ? Oh, come on. It don't sound like it. I know it's hot in here. How many of you have been raised with Christ? 
Because this doesn't apply with you, to you if you haven't been. Now, it's just like the enemy to distract you about a sermon about your mind. Isn't it amazing how you can actually scroll your phone all night long, but you'll fall asleep reading the Bible instantly? Ain't that something? Ain't that something? Some of you are like, I'm going to stop taking melatonin and I'm going to start reading the Bible because there's a spiritual war that's happening all around you. So stay with me. Colossians chapter three says, if you've been raised with Christ, which it sounds like you have, seek the things that are above. Where are they? Above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above. Everyone say, set your minds. Set your minds. I'm a child of the 80s. We used to have television with these things called antennas. And then you would have to physically walk up. We didn't have a remote control. Parents would have children, so the children was the remote control. And then you'd have to go up to the television, and it had a knob. And then when you turned it, it clicked. Click, 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 click. You remember that? And then for me, being raised in Chicagoland, it was Channel 32. Those were my cartoons. He-Man, Master of the Universe. I have the... Okay, never mind. Then you would have to set your television. Here's the thing. That antenna could pick up many stations, but you set the one that you saw. When you go into your car on the way home, you have all these sounds in the atmosphere that are imperceivable by your brain, but the antenna in your car can pick them up. You set the station you tune into. Set your mind on the things above. Come on, somebody say, that's on me. There's lust all and perversion all around you, but you get to choose what you set your mind on. Matter of fact, let me show something to my homeboys that are watching right now. I've got this, this app that came straight out of the pit of hell called TikTok. <laughs> Satan birthed this out of his own womb. And hey, let me tell you why. I've been on it. I've been on it for months. The first three months, I have my team logged in all my social accounts. I had to keep telling my team, guys, I promise I'm not a pervert. This app will not stop showing me half-naked women. It was testing me. You get what I'm saying? It was testing me. But here's the thing. It's not a phone. It's a mirror. It's one thing to be shown something. It's another thing to let it remain. I might look in the mirror and see a blemish on my face, but you best believe I'm going to have my daughter Bella pop that thing, put some witch hazel on it, put some. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to let it remain. And so I found something else on TikTok that I think is everything to do with Colossians 3, 1 through 2. If you tap and hold, there's a button that says not interested. Here's the truth. I'm a testosterone-filled man. Sometimes I am interested, but I'm going to learn how to prophesy and tap the button that says not interested because I'm not interested in the things below. I'm setting my mind on the things above. I might be interested in my flesh, but my spirit is interested in the next level. My spirit is interested in revival. My spirit is interested. Come on, somebody. And if it just... If you go to TikTok, the button that says not interested is actually a little broken heart. Come on, I'd rather break the devil's heart than please the heart of my father. I'd rather break the heart of my flesh than please the heart. Come on, somebody. Just because you see it doesn't mean it has to remain. Set your mind. I'm tuning in, God. 
Oh, Lord, I feel that word. Just so you don't think I'm just lying to you, go to Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. What if I told you this scripture was also to a Christian audience? If you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you're going to be annoyed by the things of the Spirit. When I tell you a story of a woman getting her sinuses healed, but the only way you know to do that is a surgery or a pill, but you call yourself a believer, I'm going to annoy you. But it's not me that it's annoying you. It's the Spirit that's annoying you. Your flesh is agitated by the supernatural. Some, of, some people have some misdirected hatred. They think they don't like me. It's that they don't like the things of the Spirit because they only think in the flesh. If every Everything that you encounter as a Christian is natural. If somebody in the realm of business or a guru could come by and say, I get the same results, then where's the room for God? Set your minds. I've come to realize I'm just agitating carnal Christians. It's misdirected hate. You ain't mad at me. You're mad at the spirit I carry because you don't listen to him in your personal life. I'm learning. I am learning, Julie, because what we inherited 2,000 years after Jesus' resurrection don't look nothing like Jesus, but it will here. It will here. I'm never going to apologize. I'm never going to apologize. If it's spirit, set your minds. I got one more for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally. Now, listen, I love the word finally because it sounds like a parent. You know when your mom says, I'm going to tell you one last time. You know, that's how you know you done messed up. I'm going to tell you one more time. So when I read this, I laughed because I'm starting to see the, the Bible differently. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That sounds like a command. It sounds like a command. Because here's how, this is what people think going to happen. I said the sinner's prayer, Jesus come into my heart. And then all of a sudden, I just started thinking all these peaceful thoughts. Everything's lovely. Oh, it's amazing. I love you. And I love you. And I love you. I, I don't understand. I'm able to forgive my spouse all the time. It's so easy. No, it's actually the opposite. It says, think about these things, which is a command because it's foreign to you. But your mind is being colonized by the kingdom. And so you have to think on these things. What does it say? Think about whatever it's true, whatever is honorable. Let's talk about honor. What's the opposite of honor? Dishonor. You want to gut check somebody who's operating in dishonor? If somebody comes to you and they dishonor somebody else to you, respond like this. You know what? Let's pray for this person right now. You go first. Because when people come with a criticism, their intention is revealed by their prayer life. And their, their intention is revealed by who they go to with it. And so it says, think about what's ever honorable. That means people... So think about what's honorable. So if you are dishonoring somebody else and somebody comes to you and you know, okay, the Bible says set your mind. Think about things that are honorable. Just tell the person, hey, I heard what you said. Let's pray for them right now because we want to think on things that are honorable. You go first, you lying devil. 
You can add that in if you feel your liberties. If you get in trouble, say, Pastor Mike told me to say it. Think about things that are lovely, commendable, just. It's about renewal. The next is replace. Number two, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not visible. You can't see them with your physical eyes. You can't touch them and pick these weapons up. You can't go get these weapons from another person. Hello. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Here's a revelation on this scripture I never hear pastors say. Whatever a stronghold is, and I'm gonna define it shortly, you can't pull it down in your own power. Whatever it is, I'm gonna alleviate you, mom, who thinks they're gonna tell their wayward kid some perfectly crafted argument, then they're gonna receive Christ. You can't pull that stronghold down with your own ability. I'm gonna tell you something, spouse, who thinks... I'm going to finally, my husband is going to finally hear the perfect message. And once he hears those words, he's going to finally, no, you, that stronghold in your husband's mind, your words, somebody else's, I, it's not going to come down just by that. But whatever it is, it needs the power of God. This is why you can go to psychiatry and psychology and not feel better. This is why you can go drink yourself away on the vacation or the staycation, depending on your budget, and still not feel any better. This is why sometimes the solution isn't get out, it's get in. Get into the presence of God. Get into the place of renewing your mind. And then you start to replace thoughts. Here's my definition of a stronghold. Strongholds are primarily three things. Number one is they're primarily clever arguments. Not correct arguments, clever. The enemy is not correct, he's clever. That's why he got your kid to believe in atheism. Atheism's not correct, but it's clever. Oh, come on, somebody. That, that's why your spouse got drawn away. It's not correct, but it's clever. There's, it, it, strongholds live within the realm of clever. Okay, let me just tell you this. Some of you don't even believe in what God wants to do through you because the lies of the enemy are clever. Some of you doubt how God could use you because the lies of the enemy are clever. The other thing a stronghold is, is it's piled high in pride. A stronghold is piled high in pride. Okay, I will talk about it. So I don't know how loud those crowd mics are, but we know how to preach back and forth in, here on Long Island. Y'all better get with it in Indiana. If you're quiet right now, you are not one of us. So I spent years and years depressed. There's actually pride in depression. Now, listen, your psychiatrist may not say this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it to you because I'm your pastor. I spent years depressed in that stronghold of depression in your mind that's piled high. It's piled high partly, partly in pride. Why? Depression says a lot of I statements. Depression says a lot of me statements. They don't see me at that church. They didn't put me in a position. They didn't ask me to do this yet. No one ever notices. Nobody ever calls me. Most of the time when I ask people, how many people did you call this week to be a rock for? Oh, none? Okay, let's go back before you felt the way you felt. Six months ago, none? So a lot of times there's a depression, even there's a pride even in depression. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. I know you don't want to hear that. 
But that, that was like Elijah. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. And God was like, actually, no, there's thousands of other prophets. That was how he clapped back. He's like, no, God, I'm the only one at this church that sees it for what it is. No, actually, they see it. They've been working out for months, and you should be helping them, but instead you're criticizing, and, uh, you know, if you were prophetic, you would have helped them. Uh, I'm just telling you. Sometimes it's a clever argument, and it's a structure piled high in pride because pride says you're the only one, but humility says there's more. There's more. Even in addiction, even in, even in my pain, there was a time where like I needed to become a part of a group to say, let's do this together. Pride isolates. Pride will turn what should be a fortress into a prison. That's how it works. And then last but not least is strongholds are just thoughts, just thoughts in your mind. So here's the Greek word I wanna give you. This Greek word is used all throughout the Bible, but this Greek word carries a, a very profound meaning. Ahurama. Try it with me. Ahurama. Come on, try it. You're halfway to speaking in tongues. Ahurama. I practiced this word for today. It's a Greek word that's found all throughout Scripture. It's the word in Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, about strongholds. But let me say this. In the Old Testament, it means actually the word a fortress. But by the time Paul is using this word in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, a hurama actually now has transitioned to mean a prison. And so now what he has to say is one of these old words that you've heard over and over and over again, there's something about it that's transitioned and it's turned into a prison. So the gift of God is mighty, come on, out through, to the pulling down of what? strongholds. So in other words, you have to understand that it's a prison first. And if you pull down the, the prison, then we can rebuild it and reframe it into a, a, a mighty strong tower that you run into. The safest place in the earth should be retreating into your own thoughts where you remind yourself of who God is. You remind yourself of what he did for you. He healed you then, he's going to heal you again. So when the doctors start giving you a word around you, You've got a fortress on the inside of you that says the safest place right now is retreating back into my own thoughts because I've conformed my mind. Uh, come on, so at first I renewed it, then I started to replace, and now I'm reframing. I'm telling a different story. They say I'll never get pregnant, but I'm reframing my story and saying I have a fruitful womb and God is doing it according to his spirit right now. They say that I'll never be reconciled into my marriage, but I'm reframing it now. The safest place is in the promise that I've quoted to myself every day in the word. God, you are not a liar. I said your word. You're going to do your word. The safest place is this fortress in my mind. I renewed, I replaced, and now I'm reframing it. I raised my kids in church, and God, you said that when they're older, they will not depart from it, God. And so I'm safe in this fortress. I wish somebody would jump up to their feet if they believe it. Ahurama. Ahurama. It's supposed to be a fortress, not a prison. Prisons keep people in, but a fortress keeps people out. What if I told you 
that God wants to release you out of a prison so that he can rebuild your mind into a fortress. And I'm telling you, it's in the power of your words because you gotta learn how to be a prophet. Paul said, I desire that you would all prophesy. I'm about to commission over a thousand prophets under the sound of my voice right now because they're gonna have to learn how to talk with your words. I'm not asking you to believe it. I'm asking you to speak it until you believe it. Ah, I'm not asking you to believe it. I'm asking you, will you say it until your mind says renew, replace, reframe. Sometimes you gotta learn how to stand up and you gotta begin to say it. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 15, verse four in the Amplified says a soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life but a perversive tongue speaking words that overwhelm and depress crushes the spirit what happens the words begin to crush your spirit and depress what if it's your own words every time i read that word every time i've read to a group of believers proverbs chapter 15 verse 4 that says a soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life they always think about their words to other people what if i told you now it's your words towards yourself are your words healing your mind or are they destroying and eroding what god's trying to build are your words prophesying and declaring what God is saying? Let me just say this, when you hear somebody else talking, are they confirming your fears or contradicting your faith? Did you hear me? When somebody else around you says something, are they confirming your own inner fear or are they confronting your faith? Because when the doctor says something that doesn't line up with my faith, I say, I can't surrender to your report because something on the inside of me is contradicting. I've got a fortress that is inside of me that won't let me receive that. I know what my God said. But the problem is when people say you're stupid, the only reason you'd believe it is because you think you're stupid. But if you'll pull down that stronghold, renew your mind, replace that thought and reframe it and say, I might be stupid, but my God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And what God does through my life is gonna prove he's God. How It's a, somebody shout reframe. We're gonna tell a different story. Oh, I'm broke. Yeah, that might be true. But this is how I started. Don't despise the days of small beginnings because the Lord rejoiced when it began. Somebody take my picture. This is the last version of me you'll see like this because I'm going up. I'm going higher. Somebody shout reframe. You gotta learn how to tell your story. I waited years and years for a kid, but God, but God, reframe that story. Come on, Abraham and Sarah, reframe. I went years and years of missing my calling, but the favor of God was released. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, some wound as they speak like swords, but the tongue of the wise heals. I heard the Lord say, teach my people to heal themselves. Some, they wound as they, what if I told you 
that the way people treat you is actually a reflection of how they treat themselves. You're like, oh man, they're so cold. Yeah, they're emotionally distant. They're not even in touch with their own feelings. Why would they be in touch with yours? Oh, 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 they're so critical. Oh yeah, if you think they're being critical of you, what if you got inside their mind and could hear how critical they are of themselves? It says, some wound as they speak like swords, but the tongues of the wise heal. So here's the, here's the litmus test of how wise you are. Do your words heal or do they divide? Do your words heal or do they unite? Do your words, come on, or do they divide? Do you, do you unite? Do you bring people in? Are you calling people higher? Are you calling yourself higher? And I want to tell you, you want to become a prophet? I want you to start. I'm going to give you a congregation member to prophesy to tomorrow. It's you. Wake up and look in the mirror. And when you look at the mirror tomorrow, I want you to say, I've got 1,400 new neurons that are going to get in alignment. I want you to look in that mirror and say, I know that you should be dead. I know that you shouldn't even be here. But every plan of the enemy was thwarted. Every assignment was canceled. And you are here for such a time as this. Your mouth is going to speak the word of God. You matter in the earth. You've got an assignment on your earth. I don't care what they think about you. I am approved and beloved by the Father. And what he says about me is the only thing that matters. I dare you to prophesy in the mirror and say, I don't care how old you are. You haven't lost too much time. There's still time because you serve the one who makes the sun stand still. Yeah, I wish somebody would use their words to heal. We are going to reframe. Come on. I can't wait. Set your mind. Set your mind. Ha. We're going to pray a confession right now all together across every location because I feel breakthrough. It was worth the extra 20 minutes. Come on, you could eat later. I'm just helping you learn how to fast. Somebody said, it's hot. Well, get used to it. <laughs> but right now, the Lord's doing something in your life. Sometimes it takes time. I said, sometimes it takes time. I want to give you one last revelation because before we say this confession, this is going to blow your mind. Listen, listen. The old covenant was the physical representation. The new covenant is the spiritual representation, the unseen. How many of you know the story of them walking around the walls of Jericho seven times? Those were high fortified walls that kept people in and kept other people out. Do you see the revelation? Did those walls fall the first time they walked around them? No, because the Bible doesn't say exchange your brain. It says renew it. So the first time you prophesy of yourself, are those walls probably going to come down? No. Then you're going to walk a second time because it says renew. You're going to wake up the next day. I wish somebody would take a seven-day challenge of doing what I'm talking about right now and look yourself in the mirror, high-five yourself and say, you, you used to be my biggest enemy and now you're my greatest ally. I wish you'd keep walking around that mountain and say, I'm going to keep saying it to myself till I believe it because these walls will fall. But there's some victories that are only given through repetition. I wish I could say one prayer, but I'm going to say the first prayer today. And then you say your prayers this week. And I believe walls are going to fall. Prisoners are coming out. And then the fortification is going to be built. And then nobody's getting in but Jesus. Lift your hands towards heaven. Let's make a confession. Say this with me. Heavenly Father,
Come on, say it boldly. Heavenly Father, I take captive every thought that contradicts your word. I bring it to obedience. I submit it before you. Every stronghold down, I choose to renew. I choose to replace. I choose to reframe. My mind will become a fortress. It is no longer a prison. I am free in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout. Come on.